Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. I got an email from a young man in his late 20s about his current housing situation in Cork that himself and his partner are currently dealing with. And he wrote an open letter to Dara O'Brien in response to his, uh, his confidence reassurance uh, to Kelly Harrington that we'll all be grand. And he's the housing minister, of course. He says they are stuck living in an unfinished house that is guaranteed to have to be demolished. Uh, they have been stuck living there for two years. And he says his local housing department is giving the run, given the runaround of the last six months to even get an application accepted on the list. A Cork City Councillor has called for the housing assistance payment rent limits to be urgently reviewed and revised in Cork following the publication of the latest report from Social Justice Ireland uh, titled Housing and Poverty 2022. And the study's main national findings reveal that overall poverty, the poverty rate has increased from 13.3% uh, before housing costs to 19% after housing costs at its rise of almost 300 and a rise of almost 300,000 people. Now renters are the worst affected according to the report 44.7% at risk of poverty after housing payments in Cork more than 87% of private rented properties inspected by the city hall in the past year failed to meet minimum standards. And this is a shocking story about a man who tried to go it alone or is trying to go it alone trying not to depend on the state but failing at every hand's turn. And unfortunately, he's in a bad situation. And he's the man who wrote the email is on the air with us now. Roy, good afternoon to you. Hi, Neil. How are you? Roy, firstly, how are you keeping? Not great, to be honest. No? No. Oh, this is really getting you down. The, the last week, things have just gotten very out of hand. Okay. Just being able to kind of keep it together and just keep working. Okay. Um, takes a lot of effort and energy to kind of keep up that front to clients and stuff, you know. I, I, your um, phone is a little bit muffled, Roy. Are you on a speakerphone or something? Or? No. No, no. Okay, okay. So let's go back to the start and and your situation. I mean, you're in your late twenties. You're in a relationship, um, and are you married? No. Okay. So you want to get a house together. You want to get somewhere to live with your partner. Yeah. And uh, what was the plan? What was the initial plan? The initial plan was to just find somewhere to rent in the local area, and I cross the in Cardline. Yeah. And we were looking for about eight months to a year, I'd say, and we were doing viewings and everything, but was just never meeting the criteria. You know, ourselves, landlords are looking for the least hassle possible. Yeah. So no kids, no dogs, no nothing, no anything like that. You both have to have contracted jobs, you know, guaranteed, everything like that. There's no room for being human, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, so after just that going on non-stop, we just decided, look, like many other people, we just go the whole log cabin route. So you've got um, to build a, bit, a log cabin, basically, out, out the back garden. Yeah. Yeah, just on my parents' property was a foundation my father had put down just for a shed, but yeah. he just never went ahead with it, so we just thought we'd do that. Yeah. Now, so, I, I want to reiterate, by the way, when people say the word log cabin, people think of this little tiny thing, six foot by four, right? It would be a decent-sized log cabin, somewhere that you could actually live. Yeah. Yeah. It's about um, 39 square metres internally altogether. Okay. About four metres over what's allowed without planning. Okay. Um. But even at that, that doesn't really matter because all of the log cabins out there that don't have planning, they're legally supposed to be only a garden house or an office or something like that. Yeah, you're not supposed to live in it. They're not supposed to be residential. No, they're not, they're not planned for residential, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're not what they call permitted development? No, okay. not at all. Okay, so you decided you'd go ahead and fire away and apply for retention. 
Okay, now for those who don't understand that is, if, for example, if you want to put a new window in your loft and you don't want to wait the six months and the builder's available, you can go ahead, stick the window in, provided you're pretty sure no one's going to object to it, and then later on apply for retention to the council uh, to give you permission to, to leave it there, essentially. Yeah. And that's, that was your plan. So you start building, I assume, you spent a few quid. Yeah, so at this stage, no, when we were reported, there was about 16,000 that had gone into it. And we were already living in it at that point. So um, such was our kind of need at the time that we had moved in when the plasters had just finished. There was just bare plywood on the floor, just plaster still drying inside, no sealed roof or anything, no cladding on the outside, no electric. Yeah, you were at the final fitting stage, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. But we were more than happy to just have a roof over our heads at the stage. And, you know, it was kind of nearly exciting. Like, oh, we'll have the flooring now next month and we'll have this and that. And... It was literally the day that I was handing an envelope with a few thousand in it to my father for the materials to seal the roof. He handed me the envelope from the council that we'd been reported. And, and there was and what, so somebody had objected to it locally, was it? Um, a neighbour who had previously reassured us that they had absolutely no problem because their kids might need to do the same had waited until we were at that point to actually report it. Okay, so they, they had made, which, by the way, which is in, within their rights to object. I mean, and I'm, yeah, I'm not going to cast aspersions on anybody who did that, but they, but they, they objected to it. So you have, obviously, you can appeal that, obviously, or you can go. And, and so what did the council say when they received that objection? They got on to you and they said what? They, they sent out the local planner just to have a look for us. And I was at work that day. It was my father dealt with her and she was shaking her head before she got out of care. And she said that and if it was up to her, it would be torn down straight away. Like, it was clear that she was taking it personally, as in, and she mentioned something about the planning precedent or something like this. And, and, and by the way, just to clarify, did, does it comply with building regulations and safety um, regulations? And Well, yeah, like, we did go through everything with the... With the builder? We got a civil engineer to... to okay. ...to come, we had all the plans as if it was a proper first time build you know yeah and everything was covered from his point of view like we even had to do this thing with putting a new biocycle at 10 15,000 euro or something and we were committing to all of it we were happy to go ahead with it but they just weren't having it okay I, I'm having a little bit of a difficulty with your line it, it's hard to understand what you're saying I'm not too sure if it's the line or, or maybe it's just the way you're speaking into the phone and I do apologise yeah. right but some of the stuff the, okay so um so where are we at now? Have you, have you been told now that you must demolish it? I was told, um, I'd say it was early 20, January 21, I was told that it has to be demolished. Okay. And I was given a date and we had to have it demolished. What was, what was that date? Um, I couldn't remember because there was six or seven of the mass left. Right, okay. So on, on a few occasions you've been told this yeah. at this age. Okay. And you haven't demolished it yet, by the way, just to... No, because like I'm not going to live in the car and voluntarily into yeah. homelessness for the sake of someone's job satisfaction. Okay, so at the moment, if you demolish that, you're homeless. Yeah. and Because that, that's where you're living. Yeah. You and your and, partner. And you've seen the, the pictures, I assume, of what it's like on the inside. Like, mm. if, if we're you know, living like that, we obviously don't have any other options. Yeah, I mean, it's not the lap of luxury, that's for sure. No. no. Because, uh, I've seen it. Like, um, we've no heating still or anything, and the winter was incredibly cold. Like, I feel stiff waking up in the morning like I'm 60 years of age, you know. How are you heating the place at the moment? We just have two small um, storage heaters, but 
because of the damage to all the electric from the roof not being sealed, you can't leave any anything plugged in or on overnight. In case, in case there's any water leakage, yeah, okay, I get that. Well, yeah. no, it's not in case. Like all of the the light bulbs were filled, or not the light bulbs, but the light fixings, the water was dripping over them constantly. Oh god, that's not good. No. Okay, so it's not it's not safe at the moment, but there's no point in you spending any more money on it uh, because you've been told to demolish it. Exactly. Now, have you made an appeal to the council and said, listen, you know, we don't have another option. We've nowhere else to live. Uh, can you give us housing assistance? Uh, you know, I'm to point out, by the way, I mean, you're not looking for too much off the state because up to this point, you've tried to do it alone, and, and yep. which is unlike a lot of people. Some people would rely on the state, but you've tried to do this alone, but they're just not letting you. No, not at all. And, um, yeah, so I would have, after the um, on-board Panola appeal failed as well, um, we didn't even get to an appeal phase, we wouldn't look at it, um, then we got onto a solicitor to try and just liaise with the council on our behalf because we were just getting the same kind of generic mm. response back from them. And she was trying to say, look, we do some kind of temporary deal or something where you give yeah. them two or three years and not they just flat out want having See, and, and the problem you're going to have is, and it's just a word of warning for everybody, applying for attention is always a risk. Now, as I said, if it's only a window in your house or something like that, it's probably not much of a risk. But to take the chance of, you know, building a construction sort of out your back garden or whatever it happens to be, and then in the hope that you'll get retention, and most times you will get retention, provided nobody um, objects to it. But once somebody objects to it and you haven't got planning permission, there's always that risk you'll be told to take it back down again. And unfortunately, that's the law. Um, but in saying that, they do have a process whereby you can appeal that and you should be able to appeal that process. Yeah. You know, and particularly, you know, in the current climate, you know, where you're trying to provide somewhere to live, it seems reasonable. And provided it's not encroaching on somebody else's property or blocking somebody else's view or blocking somebody else's sunlight or whatever it happens to be the well, person is claiming. Um, no, there was really nothing of any value on the, the mm. observation. Like, even no... That neighbour has since moved out and the neighbour or the person living there now is a former client of mine mm. and he can't understand what the problem was at all. He's even asked if he can write a letter on my behalf. So, so the, Okay, so to clarify, so the person who made the original objection is gone now? Yeah. So there's a new person now living in that house and says, you're grand, I don't mind if you have it there. Yeah. That's bizarre. Well, then there should be no reason at this stage for it. No, but, but that's common sense now. The, the problem is, is that these are all protocols, procedures. And oh, it's bureaucracy, bureaucracy yeah. in red tape. I, I get, I get and, that. And they said to me, we're more than sympathetic, but we're subject to review, not sympathetic. So do you, do you feel you're going to win this one or do you think you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be homeless? No, I'm going to be homeless, guaranteed. Like, I'm already after losing the business as a result of it, so. I know, and, and, and this is what I want to talk to you. you. You have your own business and you look after your own business as well. And I know from personal experience, when something has gone wrong in your life, when you're self-employed, it's not a good place to be, is it? No, not at all. Because you can't focus, you can't motivate yourself. Because, like, I used to work as a machine operator, and that's grand. You go in on a bad day, keep the head down, keep pressing the buttons and clock out. Yeah. Whereas, as a dog trainer, I'm in, into people's houses and tend to retention, and it's like being a kid's entertainer one minute, and... Uh, it's like being a counsellor as well, do you know. There's, there's yeah, of course, yeah. It's hard for you to run a brave face and a happy face when inside you're yeah. dying. Yeah. And like, what, what was happening to me the last few weeks was I'd either be just cancelling appointments from not being able to sleep or 
I would be halfway through explaining something and completely forget what I was talking about. I have no, like, I'd have to ask the client to, sorry, what was I talking about? And yeah, yeah. You're losing your train of thought, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. And so I hope you're, by the way, talking to somebody about that. I hope you're seeing somebody about that because your own health is the most important thing because without your own health, you're no good to anybody else either, including yourself. Well, yeah, like, I, oh, I'd be very open about my own issues with mental health, like, good, before good. all of this and uh, regularly in kind of um, therapy like that. But um, because of all this and like not being able to sleep or anything like that. I was then referred on for psychiatric assessment and the conclusion was there's nothing wrong with you. You're having a completely irrational response to a prolonged situation like this. Yeah, because, and so you're having an irrational response to a prolonged situation because you're in that situation so long and you see no light at the end of the tunnel. And I can, exact, I can understand completely how you feel, Roy. It's a terrible yeah. situation to be in. And if that goes and you're homeless, the situation there is difficult because rent prices are so high now. Uh, and it's so difficult to get yourself onto the property ladder. That's what we're going to talk about today as well. We want people to ring in who may be in a similar situation to yourself, although your situation is reasonably unique to some degree. Uh, many people, due to different circumstances, find themselves homeless. I, I wouldn't say that it's that unique, though, because in the letter as well, I detail like that out of my clients, like I deal with a good cross-section of society, and I haven't had a single client under the age of 30 that is either in rented accommodation or in their own home. They're all living with parents. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I don't mean unique in the sense that they're homeless. I mean unique in the sense of, you know, the, your personal situation with your log cabin out the back and the retention and all that kind of carry-on that's going on. Because you're trying to help yourself. Yeah. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if everybody in the country did what you were doing, you know, and tried to, you know, stand up for yourself and help yourself and spend your own money on providing somewhere to live, we would save an awful lot of money. You know, because he wouldn't be paying out housing assistance programs to everybody. And have you have you applied for housing assistance, by the way? Yeah, like that's this is kind of it that we never felt that we were entitled to anything. We're just not those kind of people. And yeah. it was I, I think it was sometime last year there, maybe um, June, July, kind of that we only realised then that oh no, we actually do take five of the six boxes when it comes to yeah. I, I, and I encourage people to do that, by the way. You know, everybody thinks oh because I'm working, I'm not entitled to it. Yeah. Absolutely, you are. If if after your outgoings, your earnings or the amount of money you have left to live on is below a certain amount, I'm not too sure what the criteria is at the moment. At one stage, I think it was 34,000 or whatever it is. You are entitled to assistance and, and help. Yeah, but no, the problem is that we're getting the runaround from them. Right, okay. Um, so and what, what are the rental prices in the area, Roy, in Carrigaline? So um, about sixteen to 1800 and, and, and what would that be for? A three bed? Uh, two bed, three bed. Yeah. It's really standardised. It's, it's, no, it's, it's nearly as bad as Dublin, isn't it? Yeah. What we're Dub- is Dublin now is up around 2,200. Yeah. It's but crazy. You know, what we're saying is that North Cork, even areas like Mitchellstown and stuff, they're now trying to make that like Kildare or Cork. Like, yeah. Oh, no, it's a like, yeah, 1,800. No, it's crazy. Crazy. So how are people supposed to afford that kind of price, you know, to rent somewhere? And we all know renting is a waste of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're literally throwing it away. You're not getting a pack again. You know what I mean? Uh, even if we could rent, like, we're kind of stuck with that. Like, there's no saving for a mortgage then while you're doing that, you know? Well, look, we've, we've put out a call. I know Ashling and Ruth have been on to some local uh, TDs and councillors there as well. And we've put out a call to see if we can get any of them to talk to us. Um, it's, a, it's a pity. I, I, there was a lot more details that people might have got, but unfortunately the line was a little bit muffled. But we do get the general gist of it, uh, Roy. And, and I wish you well, and I hope you get sorted, and I hope we can do something for you. 
uh, or help in some way, and or, or if anybody believes they can help, uh, or maybe you've been in this situation that Roy finds himself in, uh, and you can, you've got a way out of it in the past, rather than demolishing your property, uh, let us know. Roy, listen, I wish you well, and thanks very much, and I hope you and your partner get this all sorted out, and I hope you, by the way, take care of yourself, because that's the most important part of this, by the way, is taking care of yourself. Oh, I appreciate that. Because you, you, won't, you won't get through anything, you know, if you're struggling with your own mental health as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you need to yeah, fix yourself too. Yeah. You know? Roy, listen, thanks very much indeed, all right? No problem, Thank Okay, have much. a nice weekend, all right? And what, when I say have a nice weekend, he's not going to have a nice weekend, really, in a house that's kind of half-built, so to speak, and he's living in it with his partner uh, because he can't go any further. He spent a fortune on it already. And because he didn't apply for planning permission, he applied for it. He's going to apply for retention, which is quite common, by the way. There's nothing underhand about that. A lot of people do that, particularly if it's on their own property, if it's out their back garden, or if it's a window in the, the attic or something like that. You know, and maybe the builder is available to do it. Planning can take so long that people sometimes say, "Oh, well, look." You know, a builder might say, "Look, there's no problem. Nobody's going to object to that. You can't even see it in your garden." For God's sake, you can apply for retention afterwards, and people do that. I'm not encouraging people to do it, but people do it. And now he's been told, "No." Can't, can't. The neighbour across the way, whatever, has objected to it, doesn't like the look of it. And now the neighbour who objected to it is actually moved, they're gone. And the new person in there doesn't care about it. But it doesn't matter. The objection's already gone through, the bureaucracy's already there, and they've decided he has to knock it down. What a terrible situation to be in. Anyway, I want to talk to people today who find themselves in a situation, as young people in particular as well. Maybe you have a son or a daughter, or maybe yourself. You know, you're there, you're in your 30s maybe, you're trying to get on the property, either you're trying to get somewhere to rent, and you just find it impossible, absolutely impossible. Because not only if you're renting and you just throwing money away and you can't save, but you just find it impossible with the prices that they're at at the moment. I mean, you cannot buy a house in Dublin, for example, at the moment, which would be the most expensive, for less than €350,000. We're back to 2006 again. Cork... Nice three-bed house. You'd be lucky to get it for three hundred. I'm, I'm not too sure where they're going, right, Cork? Galway, probably two seventy. They're the expensive place. I believe the cheapest houses around the country are Roscommon, Lim, or Leitrim, in around that area in the Midlands, uh, and that's because there's less services. It's not because they're not nicer areas, um, and less schools, all that kind of carry on hospitals. So I want to know: Are you struggling? Because the government claim they're doing everything they can to solve the housing crisis. They got away with it for two years because of COVID. Nobody, do you remember the housing crisis was on the radio every single day of the week? Nobody had mentioned it for two years. And all of a sudden, it's back with a bang. People are still homeless, and it's getting worse. Because young people now have been priced out of the market completely. If Ashley decided she wants to set up home tomorrow, you know, and move out of her mom's house, because she's living in her mom's house, just him, her and her mom there, and she wanted to buy a house. She's snookered. Unless she gets a job earning 100 grand a year, she's, it's pointless. You know what I mean? I mean, let me just, sorry, let me just ask Ashley. Ashley, do you ever see yourself buying a house? Now, I know you live with your mom at the moment, yeah. okay? So you're in a different situation to some degree. Yeah. But do you ever see yourself, if you wanted to set up shop with your boyfriend, do you ever think you'd, you'd be able to buy a house? I think it would be severely difficult. And I think it's the case. I think, like, you know what, obviously Roy was saying there earlier about how, you know, he decided to write this letter to the minister, uh, Dara Brown, Breen, because obviously, or Brian, because he was talking about how Kelly Harrington herself, the boxer, you know, the Olympic boxer, came out and said, it is impossible for me to get on the market. There's been numerous articles. There was an article in the Irish Times the other day about a solicitor who earns over X amount of, a lot, a lot of money, 
and they too cannot get on the market. So when you look, when you see high-profile people like that not being able to get on the market, there is no chance. For I mean, what sort of earnings would you have to have, safe to live in Dublin, where you're going to not get anything cheaper than three hundred and fifty? And three hundred and fifty is not even going to get you a really I nice don't house. I don't think you're going to get that. You're no, not like, going to get approval for anything. No, like that. I think even you know, look, I know Clontarf in Dublin is is you know uh, quite a, a lucrative market, and the houses are quite very expensive, but only online there on social media or you see on social media how they it was posted up how this tiny I mean tiny house in Clontarf 400 and something grand compared to a, a nice house in Clontarf will cost you a million quid yeah but compared to then in Donegal say the, what you'd get for that price was like this massive massive house now I'm not saying that look it's not as though the decentralisation obviously doesn't work either but I don't know what has to be done you know like you, you see that so many people can't even get re- can't even get on the renting market. You know that there's not enough for the amount of people that want to rent. There's not enough houses there. There's also not enough houses there for. There was a, another article saying last week how X amount of people had um, drawn down on their mortgages, but there's not enough houses to even supply. No, and rent. it's difficult to save if you're throwing away two thousand. If you're living in Dublin, for example, two thousand two hundred a month on rent. You absolutely can. So you're not going to be able to save it all. No, that, and I'm, two, by the way, two thousand two hundred will get you a single bed apartment in the city. Uh, yeah, yeah, single that, bed apartment. Yeah, and look, I'm very lucky in my position that where I am, where other people are not so fortunate, and they are paying ludicrous amounts. Of money lucky in the situation that you live with your mum. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just you and your mum there. Yeah, um, they're paying a ludicrous amount to rent. How can they save? And I think this argument that people go, well, back in my day, it was hard. And understandably, I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's a total different kettle of fish now. Like, all it right. really is. Okay, all right. I'm not gonna, don't worry, I won't bring up that argument today. <laughs> I won't annoy you today, Ashley, with that argument. But it was bad back in my day. <laughs> I won't, I won't. Uh, certainly, I do feel huge sympathy for young couples and young people uh, today going out into the, the housing market. They are going to face this wall. And that's what it is. It's a wall. And when I say young people... People in their 30s or people, for example, who are getting separated and divorced. Look at me. I'm, I have a personal example. You know, I got divorced. I'm now literally don't have anywhere to live. Um, it's cheaper for me three nights a week when I'm not staying with my partner. It's cheaper for me when I'm working in Dublin to stay in a hotel, in a cheap hotel. Because the cost of a single bed apartment uh, would probably be 2,200 euro anywhere near the city. It's ridiculous. But the number's 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. I'm asking you about the housing market. How have you been affected? Are you a young couple? Have you got a daughter or a son who wants to get married, who want to move out, but they can't find somewhere to live? They just can't. It's just completely unaffordable. Let me know what you think. The number's 087-188-0008 if you're in that position. Uh, we just got a very interesting email from somebody who says, Hi Nile, we are doing the same for our son and girlfriend. There needs to be an exemption for these dwellings. Either a national petition or lobbying, a simpler standard to ensure safety, but even give it to the 25-30 year old people. I'm assuming you mean people. Uh, it gives you young people a chance, which they need. Regards, Jer. I, I wouldn't disagree with you, Jer. I think, you know, as we did, for example, given the exemption on tax of up to 14,000 for people who want to rent a room, uh, we should have some sort of exemption in relation to planning, provided, of course, that, it, you know, it fits in with, you know, safety regulations and building regulations. It certainly isn't, you know, overlooking somebody else's property or blocking light or whatever it happens to be within reason. You know what I mean? There should be some sort of exemptions given uh, to a certain size. Like, for example, you can build out your back uh, garden. There is what they call permitted uh, development, but that must be as far as I know it has to be attached to your house, um, up to a, is it three meters? 
Uh, and I think it's no more than 25, I don't know, could be wrong, 25 square metres or something like that. But you check that with your builder. Anything you want to build out your back garden, you need to check with your builder. You won't be able to build that out your front garden. <laughs> but anything you want to build out your back garden, you need to check with your builder. Let me go to Sinead. Sinead, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sinead? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, you got your mortgage approved in Cork, uh, but you basically get, keep priced, you get priced out of the market. Yeah, um, so we're approved a couple of months now, but I know people who have been looking for more than a year, so I guess we're not in that position yet. Um, but we've been looking a few months, and it's gotten to the point, I think, like, maybe we started looking September, so it's not been that long. But, okay. like, as each month goes on, it just seems to be getting worse. You know, you're looking at houses and what they were. They might have been 300 in September. By October, they're up to 310. Like, the price are just... And what, what area pricing. are you looking in, in Cork at the moment? What area are you looking in? Um, well, primarily focused on Cork City, but okay. like we've had to kind of sit down and discuss, or maybe you know, move we'll a bit further. Yeah, at East Cork. And yeah, my partner is travelling to work every day. I'm kind of working from home, so. Um, so you, you got to you got to factor in the cost of travel, you know, long term, and you know, and work out is it going to be worth it to pay the extra whatever it is, thirty or forty grand, and all that kind of thing for the house. You know, will you save that much in transport? And I and I understand that that conundrum that you're in, but I'm shocked to hear, by the way, the houses in Cork City are going for anywhere over three hundred thousand at the moment, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show you the way the housing market has gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, if you go back to 2012, you know, you would have got a house probably in Cork City for, I don't know, 170, 180. And now mm. we're up to 300,000. We're back to two, where it was in 2006. Yeah, and it feels like like we're on a, a pretty average wage. I mean, it's not fantastic, but, you know, it's pretty average. We're maybe combined about eighty to 90,000. Mm-hmm. But, like, the standard of housing, like the standard of houses that are available, are, they're pretty average. You know what I mean, uh, one bathroom, two or three bedroom, very very small garden, and it's like uh, it feels like you need to be nearly a millionaire at this point, even afford you know the most basic house. Yeah, you're not going to get um, your dream home for that, no. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like no. you're really settling and you're compromising, and mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. So like since Christmas. All throughout December, I mean, supply was really low. I and how long did it take you to save up your deposit? Um, so we got married in August. Okay. Um, but like between the wedding and the deposit, like we've been kind of saving the last over the last three years. Okay. So really, like we're lucky that we're renting from a family member, so our rent isn't too bad. Okay, so, so that, that's deposit, giving you an opportunity to to save. Yeah. Yeah, getting the deposit get together isn't really the issue. It's the, you know, the supply side yeah. of things. But, like, um, I mean, we could put more money, again, into... We could outbid people, like, if, you know, if we chose to, but I'm, like, really concerned then that you're, you're paying massively over what the house is going to be worth or mm-hmm. we're going to end up in negative equity over the next couple of years. But, see, this is the fear when you're buying currently at the moment because, obviously, house prices have gone up. I think it was roughly 8% in the last year. So the fear mm-hmm. is that when you're buying now that when the housing market crashes, and it will crash, because it, it always does, this is just, it happens all the time, the property's prices go up, then they go back down again. You don't know whether you're at a peak. You never know. They could mm. continue to go up another 8% next year, or they could, you know, somebody in the housing market has told me there's a possibility they may settle off in around, you know, the, the end of this year, and then drop again. And then if you find yourself in negative equity, as you rightly said, so that was a waste of money then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the terrifying thing that, like, that like at this point we're having to kind of settle for maybe a location we're not entirely happy with or a house that's going to be 
maybe mm. too small, like depending if you have a family or whatever. Uh, and then you're, you're probably going to need to like upgrade or whatever. But if you're going to be in a position where your house is no longer, you know, worth what it was bought for, that that's the big fear, to be honest. I know. So it's a, it's a kind of a risk. There's part of you saying, well, should we put it on hold for a year and wait and see what happens? Or should we just go for it and, and pay and pay over the price that we need it? I mean, what I, I see, I don't know because obviously I'm not in the market anymore, Sinead, to some degree. But what I mean, what is the answer to this? How can we make it better for people like you and young people as well moving into houses? How can we make it better? Well, like, I mean, the government's response to everything is kind of more on the, you know, they're like, we'll give people more money, we'll, uh, you know, we'll increase the amount they can borrow or, you know, there's lots of grants and everything. Um, so definitely they need to work on the supply side of things, but like there's thousands and thousands of houses as well, lying idle all over the country. Mm-hmm. Like the one of the housing estates I live in, we walk by, um, you know, walking the dog every day and like you can see there's about two or three houses here with like nobody in them for the last year, year and a half. Statistical fact, there's more empty houses than there is homeless people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's that's mm. shocking. There's more empty houses than than people actually need, but for some reason we don't seem to address that issue. Yeah, and another thing as well, dealing with auctioneers, I feel like there is no transparency here mm. in Ireland. Um mm. with, you know, who's bidding, um you're being told, Oh, there's a cash bidder, um that, you know, they're after going over your offer and then, you know, like you don't know who these people are, and you just, or have, you just have to believe that, yeah. Yeah, and then you're you're sitting down again. You're like, can we afford to bid more? Or like, it's gotten to the point we like we've made like two or three offers, maybe two offers over yeah. the last couple of months, and we're 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 just continuously being priced out. But I I just feel like I have no trust with auctioneers either anymore. Um, and this is the, this was the problem back in two thousand six during the Celtic Tiger as well, as well as the banks obviously playing their role in encouraging the prices up by giving out mortgages too easily at the time and hundred percent mortgages etc. The estate agents were accused of of basically inflating the prices and, yeah. and and pushing to get more money for houses, which in turn pushed up the price of houses. Yeah, well, like, like they say that there's all these regulations in place where they have to keep logs of bids and everything, but. I've never heard of somebody being exposed for, you know, not doing that. I never yeah. heard any, any about anyone making headlines or anything. So. No, I've never heard of it either, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm not too sure if that's actually happening, whether anybody's monitoring that. But I do understand what you're saying. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to trust them when you've put in a decent bid and all of a sudden you get a phone call saying, oh, listen, somebody else has put in, a cash buyer has put in another bid just a little bit over yours. Do you think you can go a bit higher? And this whole mm-hmm. idea of pushing and inflating the prices. Exactly, yeah, mm. yeah. So, to be honest, it's kind of soul-destroying at this point because, like, I feel like our lives are on hold, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we, You know, I don't know if we're going to have a family or whatever, but even the prospect of even doing that. Um, but you can't even plan that at the moment. Do you know no, what I mean? No, no. And then, like, when you're, you know, if you do decide to have a child or something, you know, if you're renting, then um, the amount that you can borrow will be decreased because you are considered to have dependents then. So yeah, yeah. you're in this kind of situation. It's a catch-22, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a catch-22 yeah. situation. And by the way, you know, all this is not good for your mental health as well. It's very depressing and it's very upsetting for people. I mean, I know back in 2005 they brought in the shared ownership scheme, but they got rid of it very quickly and I don't know why. And I thought it was quite a good idea whereby the state would say if you spot a house for 300 grand the state would purchase half of it and you purchase the other half and then eventually mm-hmm. you come to some arrangement at the end but I mean that would help out some people you know what I mean at least then you could afford something 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I just feel like in the last, you know, sometimes we're, myself and my husband are talking and we're like, is there any future here for us in Ireland? Or should we like look at moving away with, with like my job or something and just getting out of here? I know a lot, a lot of people feel like that, Sinead, and that's a sad reflection of the country that we live in. Sinead, I hope you do well. I hope you get what you want. And I really hope things change for you and many people in your situation. And thanks for calling us today. John, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Yeah, how are you? How are you? Good. Now, you, in a similar situation to Roy, who was on at the start of the show, you were kind of putting the log cabin out of the back garden as well. I was, yeah. And um, no, I, I actually rang up the council about it, you know, and uh, they told me it's nearly impossible to get planning because it's not a solid structure. Right. Because so, it's not a fixed structure, a yeah. permanent structure, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree with that, Sinead, there. Uh, like, I'm, I'm not from Cork, but I'm working, living in Cork at the moment. And the amount, I'm, I'm in Macroom here at the moment, and the amount of houses that's just idle. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's a joke. No, now, I don't, um, I don't know whether these are council houses or whether they are people, private homes that people are just not living I in anymore. I'm mm. nearly sure the council now, they're kind of in those parts of the town, you know. Well, it's, I know somebody had put up there recently, there was some stats put up in the relation to people, the amount of people homeless and the amount of empty houses, and there's more empty houses than there are homeless people. Oh, there is, yeah. Which is, like the, which is bizarre. Change somewhere, you know, because I, I, I was talking to a lad now that, that actually makes these um, log cabins, and he put up a log cabin, a four-bedroom log cabin. Now, they obviously went down the right route, and four-bedroom log cabin for €250,000 overlooking a lake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, something has to be done. With Sounds nice. It's, it's, uh, but by the way, no, no. I mean, so this is somebody sent an email earlier on. We need to look at these issues whereby if, if somebody has a bit of land out the back garden, that their son or daughter can put a log cabin out the back garden. Uh, you know, as long as it's safe, as long as it's, you know, it's, it goes by the guidelines and it, it, all the regulations are adhered to, there's no reason why they can't, shouldn't give planning for it. No, but like, I have a neighbour a neighbor mine there now. They recently got married there now and they're building their own house. And I led ten miles up the road. Objective. Ten miles up the road. Up the objective. Yeah. What was his objection? Uh, to to uh, whatever the road was, where people walk their dogs. He he complained like he lived ten miles away. So he, he complained just in case the person might be driving on the same yeah, road as him. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, I know. Now eventually the built house, but yeah. you know, the, the planning should be within the the village. You know, within Absolutely. where you're building the house. You know, it some something has to be done because people can't. You know, fuck out half a million for houses where they can put a like half a minute for half that. Yeah, well, I, I think you're right. And in relation to these objections, by the way, I think we need to look at these objections and how seriously they're all taken. Don't get me wrong. If you're overlooking somebody's property, if you're blocking their light or, you know, or, or something like that, or you're looking straight in their bedroom window, well, of course you can object to it. But if they're living 10 miles down the road, I don't, I don't see how you can object to it based on those grounds. Listen, thanks, John. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, the number's 087-188-008. James, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you, James? All good, Niall. Good to speak to you. I've listened to you for years. Oh, Niall, that, well, that's I, good. That's always good to know you've been around for a while. <laughs> come here. I just, I was just listening to the the, the program there. I'm a bit nervous talking on the radio now, so just bear with me. Uh, hang but, in there. Uh, I, I, I just uh, wanted to uh, just uh, highlight my where I am at the moment. I'm a 45 year old man. Niall. I'm self employed. Have a good wage. Myself and my wife. We're living in a house for 18 years. The landlord decided to open sell the house, which he's every right to sell his house if he wants to, mm-hmm. which effectively made us homeless. Right. So, I've been living in the in-laws' place now for the last eight months. 
you know, and to be honest with you, I can feel it in the air. We're kind of, you know, getting under their feet. Of course, it's not, it's not a good place to be, no. No, no, it's not a good place to be. I've tried everything. Any time I've went to auctioneers, I've went to the... Nobody will deal with me. They keep telling me to go on to daft.ie, daft.ie. I've sent probably 300 emails. And it, can, I, I mean? can I ask you a question? What was your rent roughly in the last place you were in? In the last place was nine... 20, I think it was, or 950. Yeah, and you're in Dublin, are you? No, I'm not down in Kildare. Okay, no, I just detected the Dublin accent. You're obviously, you're obviously uh, uh, yeah, blowing no, down there. Yeah. Okay. I moved down years ago. I moved down okay, and what's the going rate then sir, for a three-bed house in Kildare? So, well, I, I'm not even talking about getting a mortgage, Noel. You know, I, I, I've paid no, my whole life yeah. to rent. You're talking about minimum €1,200. Euro. Yeah. And that's well, just the, the issue isn't the money, no. Like I, I have the money. The issue is I cannot find the place. I yeah. don't know who to go to. I don't know who to speak to. I'm, I'm getting on the in-laws' nerves, which I'm sure there's a lot of people in the country that's in my position as well. Absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. I know, and, I know uh, a lot of people in your situation, and yeah. and you don't want to be imposing on somebody else either. No, you know absolutely what I mean? not. And you, you, you know. <laughs> You feel like you're walking on eggshells when you're in someone else's house. I know, I know. And, and know since I, look, I, I'm in the same situation since July, since I obviously ended up in my situation. I've had a few friends say, look, oh, you can stay in a spare room in my house. But I'd never do that. I wouldn't impose no, on somebody else. You don't want it. You don't want it. But yeah. it's, it's, it's getting to the stage like that. I'm thinking to myself, do I have to actually, you know, ring one of these homeless agencies and go homeless? Or, or and, what do I have to do to try and get, you know, some sort of a place? And, and is it, it's, it's just that, okay, so you have the few quid. You'll just yeah. about, you could just about stretch the 12 if, if you had to. Yeah. Uh, but you just can't find a place. No, can't find a place. Cannot find a place. And have you looked outside of the area that you're, you're planning on? I mean, I don't know how far it is to your job or where you I, work. I have indeed. I, I've looked every. I've looked Wicklow, Kildare. Port Leash, in around there. Port Leash, Kildare Town, Newbridge, Nace, Salins, Clane. I could name the whole lot of them off. Uh, I just, you just can't find anything. Cannot find a place. And any time I go to, you know, the, the auctioneers where, you know, you see yeah. to rent in the windows, they tell you that they don't deal with it, that you have to go on to daft.ie. Right. So we have to go through that because he said if they were to deal with it, you'd have queues down the road. And this is the problem then. And then when you go to see an open viewing or something, there's about 20 people in the queue before you. 30. Yeah. yeah, I was at one over in Salins there about two weeks ago. 30. I was told that I'd, get, I'd be told on Monday whether it was successful or not. No one even bothered to read me. Yeah. So. You yeah. know, and they, they tend to be looking for younger couples for some reason. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like my son is grown up; he's moved on. He's living with his girlfriend. Like the yeah. last thing I want to be doing a forty-five-year-old man with his wife is moving in. I know, and you know what? It's just it. I, I, I'm fifty-eight. I know the situation. You never <laughs> think you're going to be in that same situation no, as you get older. No. I mean, you're younger, maybe, but not not as you get older. It's just an yeah. endless loop, isn't it? It really but it's is. Just, it's having such an effect on me mentally, like you know. And I I don't see an end to this. And you know, there's nothing but talk. And I, and so what, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a two-bed house, a three-bed house, an apartment? No, it, what are you it, looking it, for? It's myself and my wife, a one-bedroom apartment, if, if a two-bedroom apartment. Those are, I don't, I take anything at this stage. You okay, know? and is it that much, for, is it 1200 for a two-bed apartment in Kildare? Yeah, 12, well, 12, yeah, you're talking, that's where it's starting. Oh, God's sake. That's where it's starting, going up to 15, 16, like, you know. And how much would it be to buy an, an apartment, a two-bed apartment? Probably 200,000, 250,000? Yeah, Kildare, Kildare, like. yeah, you're talking about 250, yeah. Jamers. That's what you're talking. 
All right, well, look, if anybody in... Because I know people listen to us. A lot of people in Kildare listen to us, actually. We've got good good ratings in Kildare, actually. Quite yeah. If anybody in Kildare knows of a place, two-bed apartment, but maybe even one if it's big enough, I suppose, if it's a decent size. Uh, two Absolutely. Bed yeah, in Kildare or Salins or in and around that area, anywhere, in, uh, you know, around that area, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a WhatsApp or a text on 87 and James has 1,200 quid in his pocket a month to give away. Absolutely. There's well, no less less so he can get away with us, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, James, yeah. I, I wish you luck and I hope you find somewhere and if I get any word at all, Ashley, we'll give you a call back, all right? No, you're an absolute gentleman. All thanks right, thanks. Much. All Take right, care. there you go. Bye-bye. Right, Kildare, Salons, anywhere at all, nice two-bed apartment for himself and his partner so there's no kids running around so all the footfall will be low. There'll be no damage to your apartment or anything carry on like that. Normally with kids, I don't mean badness to kids, by the way. But when you have kids, of course, you get more damage to a property because the footfall is higher. But when you don't have kids, you're guaranteed there'll be a lot less damage because there's just two people, two adults, you know, consenting adults in your apartment. Uh, the number is 87 188 You can WhatsApp or text if you live in that area. Maybe you're a landlord. Maybe you have somewhere. Maybe you know of somewhere. Maybe somebody you know is renting somewhere. Let us know, all right? WhatsApp or text us. All right, we got such a reaction to this. So many people in a very similar situation. Yeah, A lot of people, by the way, texting in saying they're kind of second time round. In other words, you know, they've been to a divorce or a separation or maybe they became homeless to, similar to a previous caller who was renting somewhere for 18 years and now they find themselves in their 40s or 50s not being able to find somewhere to live, which I suppose is a little bit more difficult in some sense uh, than when you're in your 20s because in your 20s you're a much better opportunity of getting hold of money in your 40s or 50s you're not really going to get a mortgage at the age of 50 are you? Well you might for 15 years but uh, <laughs> it's probably not something you are going to get Anyway listen uh, loads of people still want to talk to us about it Brian you're an Ireland's classic kid how you doing Brian? Hey and Oil how are you? I, I vaguely remember speaking to you before Brian remind us of your situation Yeah so I think we'll tell you um, I, I've, I've uh, in the last year, uh, take a full course of my eight-year-old boy. Okay. Um, so we're living, basically at the minute, we're, we've been living in my father's house uh, ever since, in a box room. Um, and as I said, I've been, I was awarded the homeless tap and all that kind of stuff, but I, like, I'm nine, nearly ten months now looking for somewhere. Um, and it's just having a detrimental effect on my mental health. The, my son's mental health is more than anything else. Like, yeah, you know I can I mean? imagine. I can imagine. Cooped you know, up, yeah. Because I, and then, and then you know we lost my mum back in 2020, and my dad hasn't hasn't been the same man since. And having an eight year old boy running around, you know, a 73 year old man's house is not. It's not the an ideal situation. No, it's not. You know I understand. I mean? And, uh, and I'm sure, he, I'm sure he loves him to bits. But there are times absolutely. he might not want him around. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's absolutely, and it's very hard for me to parent um, my son as well because. You know, you know, you, the likes of if you're saying, you know, grounded or you know, you can't do that and blah blah blah. You know, you, you're kind of getting yourself. You'd have your the, the father giving out. You're like, you know, I'm a 45 year old man. Dad's giving out. People giving out to him. You what, know are you, what, I mean? what are you speaking to your son like that for? Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. No, but you know, but on a, on a serious note, like it's 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 so. It's I know it's disheartening. So hard, yeah. so hard. Like, you know, and it's, we've tried, I've tried everything. I've tried every single thing. You know, my son is. Um, Seen a child psychologist, and he's, he's in the school. He's in. He has an SNA, and I, I can't. I try to work so hard to get the SNA for him, and I, we're kind of restricted to a, a, a kind of an area where he can move to. Like, if, if that yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, where, and where where are you looking to get? Like, roughly whereabouts? Around around Dublin Eleven or Dublin Nine, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all around there, as I said, because as I said, like it, it's mad. There was a lad on before here a few a few minutes ago saying that he was looking around everywhere and. 
you know, there's just the amount of places that are on daft available. And I've applied. I, I, I'm not joking when I say I, I, I must have sent about 500 emails over the last two or three months. And what reaction are you getting to those emails? None. Then? None. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. So what is and it? Think, is it a case they're gone by the time you get the, the email out, or is it a case no, that no, they look at your situation? Page. They're on the same. They're on. They're on the page every every week in week out. The same places. And I, I think I was telling you about one of the times. I, I, I kind of think it's a little bit discriminative, discriminative against them. Um, you know, a, a man on his own or his son, because one landlord said to me at one stage, is it just you and your boy? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, well, it's a bit strange, isn't it? And I was like, how is that strange? How is, how is that a bit strange? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, what do we do, put him in a home? And just, just, you know what I mean? Don't let him, My God, him. did he say that to you? That's a bit strange. Yeah, he said that's a bit strange. We don't Seriously. normally hear of that. It's normally a, a mother and a son or a mother and a kid. Oh, my yeah, that's, that's not very nice. And, nice, it's isn't so it? and, and, and I know what you're saying. I know you're joking. saying, like, you know, you know, it's more football with a child than the whole lot. But I think landlords have to understand that, you know, it, it, they, a child needs a home too. Like, you know Absolutely. What I mean? and, so, so, what exactly are you looking for? So, you're looking for somewhere around Santry, Ballymun, Glass, Nevendrum, Condor, yeah. Griffith Avenue, around, around that area, yeah? Yeah, like, yeah. Look, it, 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 I obviously need, I need a two bedroom uh, place, obviously, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Two or three bedroom. But, yeah. I mean, um, as I said to you, like, you and know, what's, what's that, the going rate in that area for a two bed? Um, oh, it's crazy money, no? It's absolutely. It's up to anything between seventeen hundred and two thousand four hundred. I, I suppose the two thousand four hundred closer to Griffith Avenue and closer uh, no. to Ballymun seventeen hundred. I imagine that would be no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. It's it's a mixture of everything. No, it's it's shocking, like it's yeah. absolutely shocking, like. And I've seen some properties going back up onto the thing where the price has been inflated. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and how much? How much will you get on? How much will Hap give you? Eighteen seventy five. Okay, well that's it's a fair amount of money. In fairness, it's, I mean it's a fair whack. As I'm yeah, saying, like, and, yeah. I mean, and even at that stage, you can, if I needed to go with higher record, like, you yeah, know you could I mean? pay a bit and extra yourself, of absolutely. course. Absolutely, like, do you know what I mean? As I said, I'm at the stage now where I, I, I'm desperate with a capital D. Like, I need, I need a home for me and my son. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, so if if anybody in Dublin, anywhere around Santry, Whitehall, Griffith Avenue, Drumcondra, Glasnevin, whatever it is, in around that area, if you've got somewhere a two bed apartment or a nice two bed house or preferably a house I think with a back garden yeah, yeah. you'd oh, like God. somewhere for the oven to kick his ball wouldn't you yeah um, absolutely yeah so I mean if you've got anywhere at all I mean that's a decent price to be offering anywhere between 1800 and say 2-1 I suppose you could trump up an extra couple of hundred yeah. quid yourself at a month uh, and, and as I said as I said like, my son is so, he's such a great little kid like you know he's not one of these mad kids that wrecks the place like he's very and when, again, he's very again, again I'm going to say to any landlords know? listening it's a good deal because there's, there's nothing yeah. worse, and I don't mean this in a bad way, there's nothing worse than renting your house out to, say, a husband and wife and four kids because yeah. you just know there's a lot of footfall going on there, yeah. right? And a lot yeah. of crayons on walls and things yeah. like that. Whereas if yeah, you've just yeah. got two people, you've got a dad working and a son who's eight years of age, yeah. the chances are there'll be little damage to the house. So it's, 100%. Yeah. yeah, 100%. No, listen, I really, really appreciate that. Like, honest to God, like, you, you, probably the best the best kind of way to go about it is go to your, to your show because you seem to get things done like, you know well, I mean? well can I just say in relation to James who was on before the break was looking for we've had a load of landlords contacting us who want to help James out our last caller oh, wow. so hopefully we wow. can help you as well Brian um, no, I'll tell you I'll get you a bottle of fizzy pop if you if I get a and comes through a couple of cans <laughs> of Red Bull will do me fine <laughs> alright well listen Thanks Brian so we, we'll try our best for you ok so Brian is looking for anywhere ok it's just him and his 8 year old son uh, so there'll be small again small footfall anywhere around Santry kind of Ballymun Glass Nevin Drum Condor Griffith Avenue Whitehall Dublin 11 Dublin 9 area if you've got somewhere two bed house 
or, or even I suppose a three bed house if it's cheap enough but he's, he can get 1875 on the hap and he can throw a few quid to it himself you know obviously not too much he was, he's looking at some places and they're two six and I know what it's like in Dublin it's mental so try and keep the price down there's just the two of them they won't do any damage to the property absolutely you can be sure of that probably uh, the number is 087 you can WhatsApp or text us I feel like we're doing a service here today 087-188-008 this is the housing Michal Martin if you're listening this is what the housing crisis is doing. It's taking up our time, but valuable our time. Christine, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Christine? I'm not too bad. Thanks very much, Niall. Okay. You, your situation now, um, maybe you could explain your situation better than I could. Well, basically, my brother and his ex-partner, they're both deaf, and okay. they had a baby. They were renting a house in Cavan, and the lease was up, and the landlord didn't want to keep them on. So, unfortunately, they split up in the middle of all this, right? And so what, why, was, now, did, they, did they split up because of the stress of the whole thing? Was that part of it? The stress of having a baby during lockdown, being deaf, it was their first house together. It was just a lot. It's Everything. a lot on any yeah. young couple. They're yeah. only 25. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. And they, she was left then that she, obviously she couldn't live with my mother because she wouldn't be able to apply for a council house. She wouldn't be able to get HAP if she was seen to be living in the same house as Graham. So she had to then move back down to Waterford to her parents so she's sleeping on the couch with her child in the playpen because her parents have two small children. They have a three-bedroom house. They don't really have the room for her, but they're not going to let her out on the out streets. Out of the streets, no, no. Um, the housing applicate the half here in Kingscourt where we live, um, if if you can get a house, the houses are about 900 to 1,200 for a house here in the town. Okay. It's a very small little town in Cavan. But the HAP rates are one of the lowest in Ireland. She would get €450 Euro towards that. Okay, so the, the HAP rates ref- reflect single, that, obviously. As yeah. a single mother on a disability payment, she's she's only getting, what, probably 220 a week, I would imagine? Yep, yep. And she can't afford she can't afford that. No. And they did, the Simon community are trying to help her. They cannot find... And what about your local councillors or TDs or have you, have you talked to them? Oh, we. I'm not cutting you. I ring... Every my mother's ringing, my father's ringing, I'm ringing. We have them absolutely hounded. We cannot get her. Now, if she was to go across the border to Mead, she'd get eleven hundred euro towards her rent. I know the di- the difference. I mean, you've heard Brian on there a minute ago with his son, and he's getting yeah. he's getting eighteen hundred and seventy five. Now, mind you, that's because it's in yeah. Dublin, and it's just it mental money. No sense for Cavan. Like the rents are the same. They're nine hundred or twelve hundred for a, a three bedroom house. Yeah. Like, why is the the hap rate so low in Cavan? It's absolutely ridiculous. Particularly We're all when, particularly when she money, has a disability you know? and a dependent as well. Yes. So she can't she can't ring anybody up to chase this up. If we ring up the council to see where is she on the housing list, what can you do? Oh, we can't talk to you. We need to talk to her. You say you can't talk you know, to her. She's not going to be able to hear you. Yeah, I know. Yes, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it, it you know it's going on now. It's going on six months. She's still living in her mother's on the couch. And it is. And by the way, when you when you're ringing up, say somewhere on her behalf, and somebody says, "Oh, well, you know the usual, we can't speak to her. We have to speak to the person themselves," and you say, "Well, unfortunately, she's deaf, so she can't hear you." What's their response to that? Do they say, send well, that's email. okay, so? Send an email. That's what they say. So they will send an <laughs> email? To, yeah, she'll have to send an email. So they won't speak, they um, won't let you speak on her behalf? No, no. That's and terrible. don't even get me started on trying to set her up with, like, broadband and stuff when they were renting the house. Yeah. Nobody would talk to them. Actually, one guy from AIR actually said on the phone, he said, just get him to make a sound. I was trying to set my brother up with a, a house phone and broadband just get him to make a sound down the phone and that'll be okay to say that we spoke to him. I to make like, it sound like a grunt or something down the phone. Yeah, because he can't talk on the phone. So no, he obviously. Went, 
Yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's my God. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you call yeah. lip service, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. But it's just, it's very hard. Like that guy James was saying there, like... But I mean, there, there must be... I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to digress slightly, Christine, but there must be a more appropriate way of dealing with a situation like that for companies who have to talk to people, particularly if somebody has a disability. There must be a more appropriate yeah. way of doing it. You they know what I mean? They can't do, their, can't do their own banking. They can't... You know, if they lose a bank card, they have to take a day off work or whatever to go into the bank because they can't ring up we can't ring up for them. You can't send an email. There's, there's so much. Oh, that's being madness, deaf, yeah. Actually, there's so much that we wouldn't think of because we're not deaf. We don't think of those things. Of course, things. of course, Little yeah. things like if you want to order a takeaway, they can't just ring up the local takeaway. And where we, where we live, there wouldn't be a lot of Just Eat and all that Uber Eats and stuff. Okay, here. so there wouldn't be an awful lot of online stuff, which, which would certainly no, help, yeah. No, there wouldn't be. And like that, when the food does come, I've often had, they've ordered food and next thing the people are ringing me because they've knocked on the door and nobody's answered. Oh, because they can't hear the door. Oh, that's yeah, the awful. the that they had, he wouldn't let them put in, um, like there's special doorbells for people who are deaf where the lights flash. He wouldn't that, let yeah, them I was going to say that, yeah. All. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, yeah, I no, know of deaf people who have that. that. modifications to his house, definitely not. Okay, so her problem at the moment is she's living in the cabin area, she's looking for somewhere, they won't give her enough money on the HAP scheme. Uh, I was going but to say... To, they've told her she can go to Mead. If she can get a place in Mead... But she doesn't want to go, but she doesn't want to go to Mead, does she? Well, she's going to be very isolated. Mm. She's going to know nobody in that area. And, and when, well, when she, with her disability and the fact that she has a child as well, which, by the way, you know, it isn't easy to look after a child either with a disability. I'm sure she's well able to do no. it, but it's not yeah. easy. Oh, she's well able. It yeah. has all its, all its obstacles, but she's... Yeah, but I mean, she needs, but she needs her family and her, her and close to her and supports around yeah. her. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have a... Like, being deaf, they don't have a massive friend group. So they can't... Me or you could go to the next town, you might meet somebody, or you could walk into the shop and say hello to somebody, order yourself a sandwich at the deli. They can't do things like that. You know, so she does need people around her. Like, I would take her to the doctors. Mm-hmm. I would ring up and make an appointment. She can't even make an appointment for her child in the doctors. You know what? No I, I, to, uh, my eyes are open it. today to so many things that you take for granted in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is ridiculous. But, like... A two-bedroom two apartment, she doesn't even care if she doesn't have a garden. She'd love a garden. She has a small child. She'd love a garden. Yeah. But a two-bedroom apartment anywhere in the Mead, close to, close to the border, as she can get to Mead and Cavan, she would be delighted. Okay, well, I know we've a lot of this. on a bus route that she could get the bus to, to Kingscourt to us. She could get the bus to Waterford to her own family. Like, even in Waterford, they can't get it down there for her because she's too far. Her HAP application only covers her up here. Okay, so how much is the HAP, the HAP in Mead, then, if she gets somewhere on the border? Um, eleven hundred euros. I've said eleven hundred. And in Cavan, how much is it in Cavan? It's four fifty. Jay, it's a big difference, isn't it? Well, you know, if she gets a house, say she gets a house in Navan, I'll tell you what happened. I know a guy here, and the Simon community were very good, and they helped find an apartment for her here, and it was eight hundred and fifty euros. So the half were giving her four hundred and fifty. So she still had to come for three hundred and fifty. But then the half also take back money. That's you right. Have to pay the half for a percentage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she had to give forty-four euro a week back towards the hat. So there was no way she could afford it. No, no, she could not. Not considering she's just on disability allowance. Yeah, definitely not. And like, yes, as well, she can go out and get a job, but she needs to first find a job that's suitable to her. She needs to find a crash. Trying to find a crash place is another thing that's impossible, you know, for the child. So there's, she has a lot of obstacles to try. She and has. Get by oh, geez, to God get love her. Out. She's having an awful time. All right, well, look, we'll put out the appeal there again. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air and telling her story for her, by the way. Thanks very much. Thanks, very, Thanks much, very much, Christine. Thanks very much for listening.
All right, there you go. Uh, Christine, uh, her sister-in-law is deaf and sleeping on her mother's sofa. She's a little baby and she needs a place in around Cavan or Meath, but she needs a good price because unfortunately the Happen only pay 450 in the Cavan area, 1100 in Meath, which is a huge disparity between the two counties, by the way, considering they're right beside each other. Seems quite bizarre, actually. I don't know who designs that. But if anybody can help out or thinks they can help out, because obviously... She's in a very difficult situation. She needs to be near her family. She can't be too far away because she needs the support of her sister, her sister-in-law and her friends uh, that she has in her close circle because she's deaf. So, And she's looking after a little child and she needs other people sometimes to speak for her. Uh, the number is 87 If you think you can do anything to help us out, it'll be great. All right. Um, uh, let me see. Um, there we go. Hi, Niall. Um I heard a statistic on the radio the other day about empty houses. On paper, there are 90,000 all over the country, and that doesn't include derelict houses. So it's just nuts, absolutely nuts. And yet where I live, there, you know, there's so much building going on and no infrastructures and nothing. And I'm sure they're going to be all ridiculously expensive houses that people can't buy anyway. So, yeah, over 90,000 at least. So there you go. Mm. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Bye. Uh, yeah, there is. This is the point that's only made the other day, and it was my to do with that article. There are more houses than there is homeless people. Hi, Niall. Never mind a single person or um, a young person. I'm 42 this year, married, three children. We're renting in County Wicklow. Uh, we will never get on the property ladder now because, sure. We're both in our 40s. No bank is going to give us a mortgage for 35 years. The houses out here are averaging, I don't know, 400, 500,000 euro. I mean, it's it's chaos. And we can't even afford, like we're in a two bed. There's five of us living in a two bedroom house. And I mean, we can't afford to rent anywhere else because the rents here are again 2200 2500 unfurnished like it's it's bonkers it's disgusting it's disgraceful and it's disgraceful that a married couple who are both earning with three children um we've been renting for a long time it's it's frustrating it's i just dread to think what my kids are going to be like when they're growing up Hopefully it won't be as bad for them and hopefully we can come up with an answer and a solution and hope if we can provide more houses. Although if you listen to what you're saying, we don't need to provide more houses. They're already there. This is why I don't understand the government promising to build houses. Just fix the empty ones that are in the house, in the country already. And wherever there's a demand, build a few more if we need to do that. But you are right, it is shocking. And particularly, uh, I've noticed today, a lot of people in their 40s and over in this situation find it a lot more difficult. Now, just before I moved on to the next thing as well, and, and by the way, keep if you think you can help any of the people we've had on today, please send us a message at 87 WhatsApp. I know we've got help already um, for some of the people that were on earlier on. But anyway. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.